With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Sunstein Sessions on iHeartRadio. Conversations about issues that matter. Here's your host, winner of two Gracie Awards, Shelly Sunstein. Okay, I'm going to mention a name to you, and you're going to say who, and then I'm going to mention just a few of the songs he wrote, and then you're going to have the same reaction I had, which is, why didn't I know about this man? Why is he not a household name? Okay, so the name is Burt Burns. Anyone? Anyone? Does it ring a bell, anyone? Well, does the song Twist and Shout ring a bell, anyone? Hang on, Sloopy, anyone? Brown-eyed girl, anyone? Peace of my heart, Janis Joplin. Here comes the night. I've only, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Burt Burns wrote those songs, and um, he's basically the best-kept secret in radio. Even when I mentioned the name to Jim Kerr in the morning, he said, I don't know that name, and with me is um, Bert's son, Brett, who directed a movie called Bang, the Bert Burns Story, because if you love music, and obviously you do because you're listening to Q1043, you should know about Bert Burns. Also with me, one of the producers, Bob Sorrell. So welcome, and both of you, thank you for educating me, and why do we not know about your father? What the hell happened in the music industry that this name has gone unnoticed to lay people? Right. Well, he he died so young and so long ago. It was 50 years ago this year. And the sands of time just buried his legacy. And it was also political because he left behind some powerful enemies. So uh, it was really down to us to tell this incredible life story so that people would recognize uh, this incredible musical legacy. And unfortunately, you were, what, two when your father died? So you really didn't know? Do you have any memories of your father? No. Um, I, I was two. My sister was 10 months old. My brother was two weeks old. And he would say to my mother, my children will know me through my music. This was something he would repeat to her, knowing he was going to die young. And so all my memories of my father's are somebody else's memories. And your father knew that he was not going to live a long life because he had uh, heart problems as a result of rheumatic fever as, as a child, which then led to to music blossoming as the love of his life. It's true. The, the rheumatic heart condition was the major event in his life that uh, drove him towards music and also motivated him to live as much as he could in the short time that he had. Bob, how did how how what's your involvement here? Well, uh I met Brett uh, a, a few years ago. Uh, we were introduced by our mutual friend, Joel Selvin. And Joel is the guy who wrote, spent 20 years and wrote the uh, definitive biography about uh, Burt Burns and really encapsulated the, uh, the entire era in the industry. It's a very exhaustive uh, telling of the, the record business in, in that era. And uh, I went to go see uh, – Joel's an old friend of mine from San Francisco. He was a longtime uh, music critic of the San Francisco Chronicle. I was in Los Angeles doing some work, uh, working on some TV shows, 
and uh, went to go see a book reading uh, of Joel at Book Soup in West Hollywood. And uh, afterwards, uh, I was introduced to Brett. We all went out to lunch together, and Brett mentioned to me that he had been working for many years on a documentary about his father. And I said, well, you know, my wife and I have a small production company, and this is our our niche is doing music documentaries. Uh, and I'm, I'm an editor by trade. Uh, so if you ever need any help, uh, you know, I'll give you my number. And Brett responded by saying, Selvin's been telling me about you for five years. He tells me, you're the guy that I'm going to have to hook up with to finish my film. So I didn't realize I was being set up on a blind date that day. <laughs> And, uh, and eventually, uh, uh, Brett let me see what he was doing. And uh, sometime after that, uh, he, he brought myself and uh, my partner, my wife, Christina Keating, uh, on uh, to help him put this film together. And it was, uh, it was a great joy. It's really changed my life working on this film. And his work was so transformative in the final year of post-production that uh, he, I, he became co-director with me on the film. It really was incredible. So your dad was a big to-do at Atlantic Records, basically turned Atlantic Records around, and then he had two labels of his own as a result of, of his involvement in Atlantic Records, and one of them is Bang Records, and the other one... Is Shout Records. Right. But again, so what went wrong? That I mean, we know certain names in, in the music business, and you have... Oh, by the way, Stephen Van Zandt, our good friend Stephen Van Zandt, it narrates uh, the Bird Burns story. Was it, I mean, he had two friends who were mob connected. Is that the problem? That he was just basically written out of music history? Something, there has to be a reason why we don't know this name. Paul McCartney knows the name. I mean, Paul McCartney is on screen saying everybody should know who this person is. Right. But even Paul didn't know who Bert was. He thought the Isies had written Twist and Shout. So, you know, people know who the performers are, but they don't generally know who the songwriters and the producers are. And I think that's often the case. And with my father, the fact that he disappeared 50 years ago and was just buried by time, but also the people who could have championed him, those guys like Amit and Jerry, uh, thought it was better to leave this story untold. Jerry Wexler. Yes. And Amit Erdogan. Yes. And that's because he basically had a falling out with them. Yeah. Those guys, uh, you know, they're incredibly important in my father's story. If it wasn't for them, I mean, they are really the heroes of the Bird Burn story as well, because they brought my father in to be staff producer at Atlantic, and they partnered with him at Bang Records. And Jerry Wexler was my godfather and best man at the wedding, and so it was really a father-son kind of uh, relationship that went terribly bad at the end. It, it's just, to me, an unbelievable story. But he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, what, in 2015? No, 2016, last 2016, year. 2016, so yeah. it was last year. Yeah. So how does that all happen? Because there seems to be this secret society, nobody knows who's on the board or or who gets to vote, and then how do you get nominated to be nominated? Well, there's there's a whole political aspect to the for general artists to get in, and that's one thing. But then they have these special categories, like for sidemen and for for producers, people that work uh, in the industry who aren't artists. And that's very sort of behind closed doors and and certain, you know, smaller committees. It's not like open up to the, the wider vote. So it was Stephen Van Zandt. He championed uh, uh, the, the Burt Burns, you know, story and uh, went around and kind of twisted some arms. Now, 
He's great. While, while Ahmet was still alive, and Ahmet was the chairman of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, uh, you know, I, I was told uh, by somebody that uh, Ahmet said that Burt Burns would get, get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame only over his dead body. And so that eventually is, is how it happened. Uh, if Ahmet were around, uh, it's very likely Burt Burns would have never been put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But Ahmet passed, and uh, Stephen took up the torch and and uh, he took a, uh, a cut a nearly completed cut of our film around and uh showed it to some people that were on the committee and changed the minds and wow. said it's time for for Bert to get in and he made it happen and Paul Schaefer is also a big friend and ally and an important person at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, so we had a lot of friends on that committee now what made Stephen Van Zandt so passionate? How did he know this story, whereas others don't? Like you pointed out, even Paul McCartney didn't know. And by the way, there are people who thought the Beatles wrote Twist and Shout. Right. Well, Stephen Van Zandt is a musicologist and historian of this music of the First Order, and he knew about Burt Burns before anybody else did. And so... Um, and he and his wife, Maureen, are also working uh, with us on this uh, Broadway-bound musical, Peace of My Heart, uh, which is also uh, centered around my father's life and music. And um, it was a process uh, that uh, they got involved in the musical. And um, But uh, when it came time for us to decide, like, okay, we, we need a narrator for this film, who is going to narrate it? Stephen was our first and second and third choice. Obviously. So we're talking about Bang, the Burt Burns story. You can see it at the IFC Center. Uh, Burt Burns, if you haven't heard the name, he wrote Twist and Shout. He wrote Hang on Sloopy. He wrote Brown Eyed Girl. He wrote Peace of My Heart, Here Comes the Night. And he was also a producer. And he was a very talented producer who could get these incredible performances out of people. Like like I said, among uh, you know the, the people that worked with him, he was just legendary, even though... To me, this was a totally new story when I saw it, just so revealing. He really was a unique uh, record producer. He worked with artists on a sort of different level. He would bring them up to his penthouse before the session on the night before, and they would stay up late drinking and playing records. And uh, so when he went into the studio, he really he would will a performance out of them and force them to exceed their own boundaries. And, and that was one of the sort of uh, ways that he pr- produced these records, and it was on a whole nother kind of level of uh, uh, production. So you had his story. It was an off-Broadway musical, and now it's Broadway-bound next year? Yes, we were off-Broadway at the Signature Theater in 2014 and had an extended run, and the New York Times gave us a great review, and um, we're uh, aiming for Broadway in the 2017-18 season. You know, it must be so strange for you as a son. You didn't know your father, and then... It's sort of like your father's death probably set the path for your life. It did. Um, you know, I've been sort of chasing uh, this uh, specter, this this man, this greatest man that I never knew all my life, trying to sort of connect with him. And uh, it brought me to a lot of different places. You know, he was a sort of fighting Jew that wanted to fight in the Six-Day War in the year that he died. And so when I graduated college, I went off to Israel and joined the Israeli army and became a paratrooper. And, you know, and then I came back from the army and I picked up the guitar and I started to become a musician in order to understand his music the way I would need to in order to really know him through his music. So uh, it's been my entire sort of life's work to uh, get to know him and to tell the story. But do you think you would have been a filmmaker had it not been for your father? 
No, never. I, I never made a home movie but uh, before this, but I, I knew that I had to find brilliant people to help me realize this vision. And um, again, Bob Sarles and his wife, Christina, uh, nobody was more important than those two. It's, you know, this movie is not just tells a story that I hadn't known before. It's also a love letter to New York and to the New York music industry. The footage. Yeah, that 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 was certainly by design. I mean, I, I recognized, uh, you know, when I looked at the work that Brett had done, he'd done a really good job combing through all the interviews and finding a lot of the best pieces. But one of the things I told him that we needed to bring to the film was to set it in its time and, and you know, transport the audience to make them feel like they're in the 50s and the 60s. And, uh, you know, that's all done with sort of smoke and mirrors by judicious use of uh, stock footage and archival footage. And uh, Christina, my, my partner, she's, you know, brilliant at, at finding some stuff. And uh, there was like outtakes that were taken of um, uh, from feature films, uh, from studio feature films that were shot in 35 millimeter of uh, Times Square and, you know, city streets that were, uh, you know, shot as B-roll but never used and wound up in some stock footage libraries. And and we we use this stuff and 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 try to you know transport the audience back into the time. I thought that was really important, and the music really does that too. I mean, the music is just uh, helps you transport uh, your brain back back to the time. And what, one of the things I wanted to say about Bert was uh, it's going to be the pop music, you know, uh, Hang On Sloopy, uh, you know. The, the Neil Diamond songs, the brown eyed girl. That, oh, yeah. He that, discovered Neil Diamond. Yeah. Hello. He discovered <laughs> Neil Diamond, who still I mean, you say it in the film that, you know, the one woman says, I forget who it was, who said you either love Neil Diamond or you hate him. Very few people in the middle. I'll right. never get that. But it's true. Right. Yeah. Ellie Greenwich says that. And uh Mian is one of the people that love Neil Diamond. I listened to those songs as a kid. They were like nursery rhymes to me. And, uh, you know, but, uh, Neil, we, we got almost every single person we wanted in this film. It was really incredible, uh, the turnout, um, Neil Diamond being one of the few, uh, Jimmy Page and Neil Diamond, the two that we weren't able to get. But, it, but in terms of the body of work that Burke did, the stuff to me that's the most impressive is his, is the soul and R&B music that he did. Like, and this was, you know, this was a, a, a Jewish guy. You know, and but somehow he helped uh, these black artists give birth to some of the most soulful music. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, towards the end of the story, towards the end of uh, uh, Bert's life, he had had this tremendous success with Bang Records, with all these hit top 40 records. Uh, they just became like a hit machine. But what he really wanted to do was get back to his roots and, and, and produce great soul music. And that's why he started the Shout label uh, as a subsidiary of, of Bang Records, because that's really where his, his own creativity uh, was directed. You know, we only have a minute left. Is there anything we didn't touch on here that you want to talk about? Well, we certainly want to get people to come out to uh, our run at the IFC. Uh, this is our premiere. Uh, uh, we've been doing the film festival circuit for the last year. We were in about 40 major f film festivals across the country and the world. And now we're beginning our commercial theatrical run. Uh, and our flagship is the IFC Center in New York. And uh, uh, we open Wednesday night and we're running through the week. And so we want to make sure that audiences come out and we have a strong, if we have a strong uh, opening here in New York, then it's going to help us open up uh, across the nation. So 
And this is a story that really needs to be told. I mean, I'm so happy that you made this film. Uh, the film is Bang, the Bird. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.